Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Oh, actually, this comes out on April Fool's Day, doesn't it? Yeah, so we're lying. These videos don't exist. (laughs) Everything we say on this episode is not to be trusted. Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of CinemaSins. I'm Aaron Dicer, and I'm joined, as always, by Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And Danae Hughes. Still prepping for this very show. We write for CinemaSins and TV Sins and do various other things inside the CinemaSins universe as well. Uh, Danae, I said we could wait. I just want to be clear so that it's clear that I wasn't like, no, we have to start the show, that I said we could wait for you to finish prepping. You know, that was know. that was definitely an offer that was made to you. You were uh, so before. nice to do so. And but you said, no, start no. the show. Start the show. I'll just wing it. you know it's it's interesting do you think that people who listen to this show think that we prepare as much as we do or do you think they they feel like we we're just we watch the videos and then we wing our conversations like how do you what do you think the perspective is on how those conversations go um i think that there are people that think that we don't even prepare to put our videos out on youtube (laughs) the odds that the odds that there's a really great percentage of people who just think that we turn the mics on and then just start talking is pretty yeah. high. <laughs> Although I would say the people that listen to this probably don't think that. So about the yeah. videos. Yeah, there's probably no, a know. higher percentage of people that listen to this that, that know the work that goes in uh, to no, the videos. I mean, there's and people such. out there that think all YouTube YouTubers, you know, just have it so easy. And uh, there's a whole there's a whole thing going on right now, too. I love this with uh, professional sports. You know, the NFL just announced they might do a 17th game. The players are voicing their concerns. And then there's this mm-hmm. whole like, you know, players, they just get to play a game for millions of dollars. You know, they're, <laughs> they're not people entitled to an opinion. Like, it's just it's crazy. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think there are people who feel like uh, Jeremy loads up a movie and then says stuff while he's watching a movie and then just edits it a little bit, you yeah. know, for a couple minutes and throws it on YouTube. Like, I think there are people who would believe that. I guess that's a compliment, right? Like, that's that's I what guess. we're going for. It's just, I so, guess. And it's or also are... people that have never thought about what editing actually is. Yeah. Right. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Or they just I, think I don't that mean are... that mean. I don't mean that mean. I mean, no, I, no, of I, course. I don't know, you know, what chemical engineering is. So, you know. But I also don't think chemical engineers just wake up and, you know, chemical engineer two seconds right. later. I'm going to so. grab this proton and this <laughs> neutron. I'm going to smoosh them together. That's all you do at your job, right? <laughs> and editing and chemical engineering, I'm not comparing the two. Just want to make that very clear. Uh, there are some, similar- there are some similarities. Probably, probably, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, Is there, um, 
what there's those memes that it's like what people what what someone thinks I do what such yeah. and such think I yeah, do. Yeah, it, yeah. we should do one of those for cinemasins. <laughs> that's true. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, but well, you're whatever. right. Everyone who listens to this show listens to find out more behind the scenes stuff. Right. So I think everyone is pretty much aware that we've done the math, and I don't remember the math. Was it a how pretty many much hours centuries, did we say? Pretty much like a century of work <laughs> goes into every video. <laughs> Was it 24 hours of work goes into every re- video? I don't remember when we actually did the math, but it was... We did, it was, we did the math the early on. And reviewing the edits yeah. and all that stuff, yeah. Yeah, we, we kind of went through and calculated it, and it's a, it is an effort. We also do prepare for this show, some more than others. <laughs> <laughs> Well, today you get to hear the difference uh, in prepared or not prepared, apparently. And let me know if you can tell a difference, because if you can't, I might change Never my prepare plan. again. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we've got a, uh, we have definitely uh, got a lengthy show uh, had, to get we had, into. We had three extra days to prepare, too. Just that, that is out true. There. That is true for this recording. Um <laughs> We also have three extra videos because we are going to yeah. talk about the Sin Week videos. Now, we will start with those, and those are interesting because only a certain percentage of the audience that listens to this podcast has access to those videos. That's just a simple uh, matter of how the Sin Club works. And if you're a member of the Sin Club, then you have either seen these or have access to uh, see these. Uh, I will say these will be available. I'm trying to think when this... Oh, actually, this comes out on April Fool's Day, doesn't it? Uh, on mm-hmm. uh, this Thursday. So um, technically... Yeah, so we're lying. Will... These videos don't exist. That's <laughs> everything we say on this episode <laughs> is not to be trusted, uh, just like every episode. Um, no, we are uh, moving those videos to the peeper level of the Sin Club, which is $10 a month or more, in April. But you know what? I'll, I'll wait a week in April. So if you're listening to this, uh, those should still be available for every member of the Sin Club for uh, a little bit longer uh, but very shortly, they are going to be uh, for the $10 a month. Uh, we have that up. kind of so, power. We could just make it go another week. That's listen, great. I'm the one that pushes the button. So <laughs> has, <laughs> yeah, I can definitely power do that. finally gone to your head? A little bit. A little bit. It definitely has. Uh, let's go ahead and do those first. Well, uh, I, I, I want to say, too, thank you to everybody who was able to come. I know not everybody is a Patreon member, but it was so much fun to digitally mm-hmm. hang out with everybody. Yes, and if you, for whatever reason, would like to see the live taping of last week's BTS episode or the mini podcast where Aaron and Chris and Jonathan um, and Barrett reviewed the uh, Snyder Cut, or if you want to see um, our staff-wide Ask Us Anything um, and then also Aaron did a live cemetery of La La Land with Chris, no. Jeremy, no, Jeremy and Barrett. Yep. So we had and a lot a of cast and a sin cast on Tuesday. Yeah. So it was a full week of like live tapings and recordings and such. You can actually still access those and it's at any level right now. So for example, you could join for $3 a month at uh, patreon.com slash cinemasins see everything from sin week and then um after i think the end of this month so just well that's what i was just talking about it should technically oh. be on thursday but i'll push it off for a little bit so you've got you know a co- i see a what you're saying now that's what, yeah that's what i was saying so Fuck. yeah sorry <laughs> no that's all right it. hey it bears repeating it bears repeating does it because bear- everyone's yes. going danae this is an example <laughs> of you not paying attention to the show <laughs> 
immediately. <laughs> Anyhow, go watch it because it was a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. then it'll go to different tiers and you won't be able to see it anymore forever and ever. I mean, Amen. unless you become a, a member of the peeper tier or above, which a lot of people have. And we appreciate that. So thank Thanks you very much for, for the, Yeah. Thanks for that support. Peepers. Uh, uh, Peepers. Let's Peepers. get into it with this inside scoop. What's he building in there? We're going to take a look at the videos from the week, including the three uh, Sin Week videos, the process of sending them, how we felt about the stuff we were sending in general. We'll kick it off with the Sin Week stuff. These are all the bonus videos for the week. You will not see these public on YouTube. You will see these if you're a Sin Club member. Uh, we'll kick it off with the uh, what I am calling the Battle at the El Royale, uh, which is not the name of the movie. It's Bad Times uh, at the El Royale, but for some reason my brain wants to say Battle. Who knows why? Uh, this was a Jeremaren uh, really, script. Do you really not know why you want to say that, or are you just joking? Um, do, do you know why I want to say that? Can you? Do you have an insight into my psychology? Well, it's. I mean, Battle Royale is a is a property and a movie. That's and a comic probably book. it. Yeah, that's probably it. Thank you, Jonathan. I, he can sleep at night now. Now, now, or maybe I can sleep seen, at night. Maybe you've seen the American version, The Hunger Games. <laughs> that's, that's true. Uh, I've seen, in fact, both versions of uh, Battle Royale. Um, yeah. Do you so want me to start with Jeremy's thoughts? I do. I do. Okay. Yeah. What did Jeremy have to say about this? Jeremy said this movie is fucking phenomenal. Drew Goddard is the next Nolan or Fincher, and I'm positive on this. He began his career writing for Buffy and Angel. Then he directed Cabin in the Woods. Then he directed this movie. He shows an eerie confidence in pacing and in laying out the pieces of his story. The more I watch Bad Times, the more I appreciate its many layers. All the actors are incredible here. All of them. And yet, Hemsworth probably steals the show for me. We are still not yet appreciating Chris Hemsworth's acting enough. It's nuts, but it's true. He's amazing. Lots of fun sins, like zooming in on the hotel map, questioning the placement of the parking lot phone booth. I'm particularly annoyed in this film with how sound works. The FBI guy can easily hear 50 shades outside her door in the rain when she is talking quietly, but then later 50 shades and her sister can't hear people yelling just behind a two-way mirror. This is another excellent example of why having multiple writers works for us. In the movie, dude says, Father Flynn, alliterative and such. And I wrote a whole thing about how Uh, two repeated consonants isn't alliteration and you have to have three or more even tossed in a departed reference there. But then a few sins later, I had already written a sin that actually had tons of alliteration in it that referred to the taxidermy and general terminal nature of this hotel and Dicer left a note suggesting I add now that's alliteration. And I hadn't thought of that on my own, but it tied everything together in a nice little bow. That is why teamwork matters. <laughs> teamwork <laughs> makes the dream work. Yeah, this was this was definitely a fun one to uh, write on. Uh, I agree with Jeremy uh, on just how amazing this movie is and how it continues to reveal itself the more I watch it. Um, I just i i am i am somebody who is prone to loving things just because they have layers and themes and metaphors and like all that. I love that stuff. And this movie is that to the nth degree. In fact, a lot of people complain about this movie because they feel like it it's too smart for its own good or whatever. You know, like they're um, like it thinks it's all that. And I I 
think the movie has a right to think it's all that because I, I think it is all that. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's there's some really beautiful stuff here. I don't understand the this movie isn't as smart as it thinks it is. I've never understood that as a yeah. as a criticism of anything. I, I I remember hearing that a lot about Scream. Um, sure, yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. it's just. I mean, I think I think there is. I mean, I, I'm not saying there's not justification in a movie annoying you in some way, but like a movie being. But I just I don't know. That just that's a weird thing to say. I mean, somebody's writing something. They're writing it the way they want. To, I don't know. I've never understood that criticism, but that's just me. Yeah. Um, today, I'm assuming you haven't seen it. I'm assuming people can take a drink on that mm-hmm. uh, or, or mark their bingo card, whichever we're going with these days. <laughs> I remember when this movie came out and people were just raging. No, raving about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, nope. that one. No, nope. that's I, a different letter. It, I mean, what Aaron was talking about, people were raging about it, too. They were they were mad because it was smarter than them. It was um, it was something where I just remember being like, don't spoil it. Go and watch it. You're not going to know what's happening. It's so fun. What a ride. And this was one that I kind of put into my mind as, oh, like a mystery unfolding. And it's delivered in a really obviously interesting way because everybody is talking about it. So it must be interesting hmm. enough to hit a general audience because oftentimes like you'll hear from certain groups of people you've got to see this, you've got to see this. But when it's really everywhere is when, you know, it kind of breaks through. And so at least for me, there was a lot of uh, chatter about this one. So I was curious about it and I was a little bit sad to watch the video because I feel like, okay, I'm getting spoiled here, but I just don't know that I'll ever watch it. And so I have to just continue to let that part of me go where I want to not see things until I'm ready to see them because it's just, guys, I have a job to do. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, But I did not get to watch this. And so I am still confused. After watching the video, I still don't 100% know what's going on. So maybe I could still enjoy it. Um, yeah, possibly. So, yeah. I mean, we we may never see. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> don't hold your breath. Uh, let's get into the sins. Uh, Jonathan, what, uh, what was some of the stuff from this one you wanted to point well, hey, out? Real quick, because I didn't talk about the movie. Um I just wanted to say that I re- I lost my train of thought there. Hold well, on well let me let me change my intro to that. Um, Jonathan, what uh, what are some of your thoughts on the on the movie? Well, I just wanted to say that I actually rewatched it because I hadn't seen it since the theater, and I kind of wanted to rewatch it before I watched the video. So I rewatched it yesterday, and um, oh, nice. Yeah, I like it. Um, I don't like it anywhere near as much as you and Jeremy. But I don't know that anyone likes this movie as much as you and Jeremy. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's a fair. very well done uh, genre exercise. I do feel like I've seen this movie several times in different parts of it. Um, I, the funny, the thing for me about it, though, as much as I like Chris Hemsworth, I think he's good in this movie. That's where the movie starts losing my interest is when he shows up. Oh, interesting. Um, I think I just have a lot more fun with it up until that point. I remembered that when I saw it in the theater and I had the same experience uh, when I watched it yesterday. But uh, it's really funny when it came out. The other thing I thought was unfair to it was a lot of people were talking about. It felt like a movie that should have come out like right after Pulp Fiction. Uh, A lot of people said it was very similar to a lot of Tarantino uh, type movies that, you know, came Mm -hmm. out after Pulp Fiction, like Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead, uh, Killing Zoe, uh, Two Days in the Valley. I don't really agree with that. I will say, however, it becomes more of a Tarantino type film when Hemsworth shows up. And and maybe that's partly why it kind of I don't have as much fun, but I still like it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's good. It's very good. It's I like twisty narratives when they're done well. I like layers building up on layers like Aaron was talking about. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't get any deep meanings out of this movie by any means like Aaron probably did. You know, yeah, he probably learned to love his brother again watching it or something. But um <laughs> 
I uh, <laughs> I think it's a really fun movie, and I think everyone should watch it that hasn't. Even if you watch the video like Danae, you should still go watch it. Yeah, I uh, I think it's interesting. There is a transitional point that happens when Hemsworth shows up, which, by the way, is so far into the movie. Um, Absolutely, and I it's think like we the even... last thirty minutes or something. Yeah, yeah, and I think we even give a joke when they show him, like they show that one scene of him meeting her, you know, in the sand. And it really is, just so you know, Chris Hemsworth is in this movie, I promise. You know, it really yeah, is a scene that's yeah. like, I promise, we'll get to Chris Hemsworth here soon. he's really good. He's, he's very good in the role. It has nothing to do with him. That yeah. scene where he's walking up to the hotel in the rain is just mm -hmm. hilarious. But uh, it's just really well done. But uh, yeah. what, a, what, a, uh, what, a, what a beautiful human and, um, Chris Hemsworth is. And um, uh, speaking of beautiful, uh, uh, I will sometimes forget her name. Don Johnson and Melanie Griffith's daughter. Um, mm-hmm. Fifty Shades I, of Grey. All of a sudden, I just Mel. Uh, what is her name? God damn it! Good podcasting. Melanie all Griffith comments on Dakota Johnson's. Dakota 50 Johnson. Nope, this isn't right. Yeah, it's Dakota, Dakota Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. yeah, Dakota Johnson. Hey, hey, I found this on PeopleMagazine.com. <laughs> <laughs> this was the first time I really saw. Uh, this was maybe the first time I'd seen her because I haven't. I hadn't seen Fifty Shades of Grey and I've Dakota did, Johnson. Yeah, and I didn't see yeah. that movie with uh, her and uh, Rebel Wilson. Um, so this was, I think the first time I saw her and I really like her in this. I think she's great. Yeah, she's uh, great. I'm not positive. I've seen her in anything else since either, to be honest, but, uh, I, I, I dig her in this. So I think everybody's good. John Hamm, uh, Cynthia Ervo is amazing. So it's yeah. just, it's, it's a good cast. Jeff Bridges. Yeah. This, this movie will always be for me, like Cynthia Revo's uh, arrival. Arrivo. Um, yeah, I, I just, she blew me away in this movie. Um, so for me, she steals the show, which I think is interesting um, because I know Jeremy thinks Hemsworth steals the show. Uh, but um, but it's that kind of movie where you can kind of lock in. Even even what Ham is doing here, because at first I was like, oh boy, Ham is not great in this. He's and then I real and Well, then I realized he was doing a character in the movie that is purposefully yeah. put yeah. on. And it just, it all clicks in so beautifully. Um, in that way, but I was going to say that arrival of Hemsworth in the movie to me is an interesting transition between the twisty storytelling and the okay. Now we're going to he he brings upon the complete metaphor. He lays it out like what the movie is trying to say thematically and metaphorically um, with his speech there, and then the rest of the movie is basically the playing out of what you know, what morality means to him, to these people and, you know, kind of where they end up. Um, and that's how you reconnected, the, reconnected with your brother after this. Movie yes. And, and that's how yeah. I reconnected with my brother after this that's movie good stuff, man. Um, yes. That's love. Uh, what did you have for, uh, some sins, Jonathan? Uh, that you enjoyed? Ron Swanson isn't busting anyone's chops in this scene, which I think might even be like the first sin. It's one of the first sins. Mm -hmm. Um, I really like, Oh, and then, uh, father Flynn, uh, Jeff Bridges, uh, hitting the bell. And as he hit the bell, we added sins, <laughs> which I mean, I don't know. Maybe we've never done a movie where someone hit a hotel bell, which is weird to think about because that's a pretty common trope. Yeah. But hey, that was hilarious. I'm glad it worked out. I when the way he hits the bell, it just popped in my brain how funny it would be if just sins popped up and the narrator didn't know what was going on. Like and the the idea that like the reason is because he's dressed as a priest yeah. And so, like, if any movie, if a priest ever rings a bell, like, it just automatically adds sins to the sin counter. Uh, that makes gosh. sense. I didn't even think about the fact that he was is, a priest, even though you... Is, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we, we say it in the sin, but it's just, it's one of those things that just struck me funny, and I was glad Jeremy liked it, and I'm glad uh, that you enjoyed it as well, because 
it was it was fun. And then the other one I had was uh, they're afraid of sandwiches, but they're willing to eat the pie. I thought that was. <laughs> <laughs> true and so true tomorrow's sandwiches i, I just and i love her in that scene like i'm not feeling eating that sandwich lucky just love that line yeah and, and that's the other thing about goddard too is he he is a great I, like i love the the writing and the the yeah. style and the cleverness it's interesting. I, yeah no i think he's very clever and I, I think he's fun i i really enjoy cabin in the woods i don't like that as much as jeremy either which is hilarious because mm-hmm. i'm more the horror fan for sure but uh jeremy just yeah. loves the fuck out of that movie yeah yeah which it's I fun. can get if you like Goddard that much. I mean, that makes sense. I love, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Danae, did you have any from that you pulled out from uh, Battle Bad Times at the El Royale? <laughs> Battle Royale. I did. I did. Um, but because I know we're going to cover a lot of ground today, I only put like a couple of my most faves, and sure. we've already talked about them. Jeremy okay. brought them up in what he was talking about, and they've already been kind of discussed. But it was I loved the bell ringing thing. Just it cracked me up to see the the counter go up. While he was just digging away, I thought that was really clever and fun. And then the alliteration sins were great. Uh, the uh, the one thing I noticed this time through that I hadn't noticed before was that stupid hot tub in that room or whatever mm-hmm. that what was. was that? I I have no clue. I it it looks like it's supposed to be a hot tub. It's tiled. There's no drain. There's no faucet. There's no like. Do you have to f- find hot water somewhere and put it in there? Like. I, I don't know. I was just kind of like, what is this? Is that a thing? Like in the old days, did they not run water to the hot tubs? Did they actually fill their own tubs? I don't know. It just it kind of blew or my mind. Or there's like so. another way it works. Like there's something inside it that who knows. Or maybe it gets filled up with water before you get in there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And anyways, I was like, well, you know, it's either that or it's the world's most uncomfortable couch. I have been um, in a hotel so. room in Vegas, though, where there was a hot tub like in the middle of the room. It was the weirdest sure. thing. I was like yeah. terrified I was going to like wake up and walk to the bathroom and like fall in it. So <laughs> but that had that had like a spout and stuff. So you could start it. You know yeah. that. How did he die? Death by hot tub. <laughs> Uh, That'd be an okay also, way to go, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I also wanted to mention the interstitial cards, which honestly infuriated me this time through the movie it's the one part of the movie where i'm just like there's no rhyme or reason to this stuff at first you think it's going to go by the hotel rooms it Mm -hmm. does that for like three times and then it's like washington dc yeah and then (laughs) it's it's just like like, billy then it's then it's whatever billy (laughs) it's like what are you doing uh yeah it just it really infuriated me for some reason uh and i i loved the uh and the cards you wrote in on instead of wrote in Mm -hmm. on uh for for that pun i thought that was fun and then uh, i had to mention 50 shades of the gray uh that is one of those moments you'll have as a a sins writer where it's just like you you almost feel like you don't write it the world just presents it to you like it's just right there waiting to be discovered and uh yeah just the fact that he's telling sex stories about wolves and then 50 shades of the gray is right there with someone who was in 50 shades of gray in the conversation uh it's just it's just an amazing <laughs> all right let's move on to dark city what the uh, hell is this thing what oh, is yeah. what is yeah. this you had never heard of this movie no of course not well, I, I didn't know. know i mean i didn't watch it but you've heard of but movies th- that you haven't no. seen no I'm so confused. I was like, "What? What is this? Is it because it was popular at one point in time? Is it, it really like was it? It really it... wasn't that popular. It was uh, Alex Proyas uh, directed The Crow, uh, which was a which was a modest hit. And mm-hmm. um, okay, okay, okay. Just... oh, that's what that's what Chris said too in his notes. Okay, yeah, okay. Sorry. So yeah, so no, this okay. was a uh, this was a a, a Chrisin, uh script. This was Chris and myself. Um, so what? Oh, did, you wrote uh... on this one too. So you wrote on two yeah. of the three. Yeah. Send we look at you. 
Danae, what did uh, Chris have to say about this one? Uh, he said Dark City has one of the best trailers ever and Aaron should watch it. So what does that mean? <laughs> it <laughs> means that I, I don't watch trailers. I still okay, remember okay. Chris talking about that trailer when the movie came out. Like he Why really, so really good? likes that trailer. It's just a really good trailer. What makes yeah. it what makes it a good trailer? I, I haven't seen it in that it makes you want to watch a terrible movie. <laughs> I haven't seen it in, in many, many years. <laughs> Uh, he does say what you said, uh, Jonathan, that this was Alex uh, Proyas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think um, so, yeah. follow up to The Crow, and maybe that's part of why he. I don't know because The Crow was pretty successful, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he said it's probably his best film. What The Crow? No, well, or Dark I don't City. Know. I'm not entirely sure. I'm guessing he probably, he means, think, he probably think, means Dark City. He probably means Dark so. City. I would I agree. So. Means Dark City. I would yeah. agree with that as well. Hey Chris, we know you listen to the show every week, so you can just you know let us know next week. We'll 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 clarify that. Um, he said, "What I enjoyed sitting about uh, this the most is the stranger's plan to switch everybody's memories in some effort to quote discover the human soul. They're a dying race, so I guess finding the human soul will help them reproduce." Now, the dumbest part for me is when they put John's memories into one of their own people, thinking it will help them find him easier. They explain how it works, but it ends up making no sense. In the end, every explanation is, quote, we have a cool concept for our movie and we can explain anything as long as we can get to keep that. Yep. And that is the end of that from Mr. Chris. I got to say, yeah. based on what Aaron's already mentioned, I don't know that I've ever been more shocked about a movie that Aaron hated. <laughs> you, you think this, this was right up my alley? like, I mean, maybe it's a little darker than you normally go, but it, God, it feels like it is no, it's not straight the up your alley. No, it's I'm not just saying darkness. in general, darker movies are not typically your bag. That's, what it's I'm, that's not, all I mean. It's not the dark I don't like. It's the city in Dark City. <laughs> um, no, uh, no, oh, honestly, I, it's, not, uh, it's not really about the darkness for me. I, I, I do love a good concept. This movie thinks it has a good concept, but it doesn't do the work to back it up it, like it leaves you in mystery for about 75 percent of the movie um which can feel fun if you have a resolution that that works or makes sense i don't think anything about the resolution of this makes sense or works and they spend so much time in the last quarter of this movie just explaining expositional speech after expositional speech about you know what the trying to make it all work and i just i don't think it ever really does so i just i never bought into it um, Had you seen it, it before? I'd never seen it before. Roger, no, this was the first time. Uh, Roger Ebert named this the best movie of 1998, if you didn't know. That's, that's amazing. Um, I, Gene I didn't know Siskel he was... that same year named Babe 2, Pig of the City. The best movie. <laughs> Babe 2 is twice the movie this is. Oh, uh, hard disagree. <laughs> Uh, no, I had heard that Roger had been wrong about a couple things in his career, but um, he did a, this, does a commentary on the Blu-ray for this. It's really interesting. You know what? Maybe that would give me some appreciation for it. I, I, I honestly would love to hear that because I, I certainly know I, I could have just been in the wrong place for it or whatever. But I just there's just it, it just never connected to me in any way that um, that was resolved. Uh, okay. In a in a satisfying uh, way for me. I really really like this movie. Um, I love the world building. I love the look of everything in this movie. I think it's just it just sucks me in just from a visual storytelling standpoint. Sure. Jennifer Connelly is just goddamn. Uh, she is just everything in this movie. She's Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, yeah. And I think Rufus Sewell does a really good job. I, I just I really really enjoy this movie. I don't think nice. it's. 
I don't, I never really looked into what it's trying to say. Cause I just guess I don't care. Um, yeah. I, and I do think it answers the mysteries. I, I, I don't really get that aspect of what you're talking about, but, um, I don't know. This is my kind of sci-fi. This is like, it, it's not the same level, but this is like heady sci-fi, right? This is like a rival or uh 2001 or something like that. It's not on that level of those, but I'm saying it's that type of sci-fi. It's just, uh, I don't know. I really, I, again, I really could it just it. been my, uh, yeah, no, I totally get that. I, I think I would rephrase your statement as it thinks it's that, that kind of sci-fi. No, I think I it just, absolutely is 100%. You're right. Right, right. I, uh, yeah, I think it'll be one of those things where maybe I just need to watch it again or here's, you know, like that commentary you're talking about. Um, but for me, the world building that it's doing just doesn't, it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't, I don't understand. We can go into details uh, if you want, but like, I don't understand the, the ultimate resolution, why it changes anything or how it's even possible like I don't, know. I, the, I don't know that it matters yeah and, and that and that could be and that's fine i totally get that sometimes it's you know um because you're right the as far as like artistically visually those kind of things i totally get why you dig it um i love keepers there's some, too man there's some cool stuff going on um yeah i didn't take that performance either oh i did because I, he's doing something different I, I don't know he just seems to be yeah. like in his own world i just enjoy it yeah uh danae what did you think about the movie dark city well, my only experience is watching the Sense video, um, but it does tweak this part of my science, uh, my sci-fi mind as I was mm -hmm. watching it. And um, I, I do an unnecessary thing, which is to judge old films on how new information or new movies are made. So I'm definitely somebody who suffers from, whoa, this pacing seems pretty brutal or whatever. But then I, I first of all, haven't watched it. I don't have any experience with it. Um, and it reminds me of like putting Fraggle Rock in front of Iris after she's been watching Chico Bon Bon and expecting her to be like, yeah, this is cool, <laughs> you know, because it's just such a different <laughs> right. pace. It's a different way of presenting information. Um, I, I had her watch an old Mickey Mouse uh, like from the 20s or 30s or I don't remember actually what what year it was, but it was like this old one about Pluto and it's just a totally different pace than Mickey Mouse Clubhouse today. And I just, I, it's interesting to watch her kind of go, wow, this is really slow. We tried to watch Mary Poppins. And in the first, you know, five minutes, it's all the credits. And she says, mommy, what's wrong with this movie? <laughs> so you're making me sad. Um. <laughs> but you know, it just, so it has that feel of, I'm watching the Sins video, so I'm already at a disadvantage, but I'm already like, okay, so this just doesn't look as cool as like new sci-fi stuff. So I need to like check myself. It's really interesting though you say that because you know, I talked about this in the, the Justice League mini pod, which will be available to the public probably maybe by the time this airs, I don't know. But um, I was watching that movie and thinking, God, remember when movies didn't look like video games? I really want to go back to that because I, I don't like nice. the look of movies today. There, yeah. there's a pacing difference, especially with the kids shows where it was so much more about like making a human connection and letting having a, a moment conversation. Breathe. God, letting there's a yeah. no, fucking moment there's, breathe. Yeah. There's like nothing. Which, there's no space. Which is weird because movies now, I mean, on the average are longer, but, but they're still not letting those scenes breathe. They think they are. <laughs> but they're absolutely yeah they're just jamming they're just jamming yeah, your eyeballs but, with shit every two seconds and i just i don't like it as much for the most part there are exceptions obviously there are still mm -hmm. good movies being made that's not what i mean right. we are uh we we joke about you know being the old people you know talking about the kids <laughs> these days but this is another example of 
you know, the movies that think they're letting things breathe for this generation are because like my kids would much rather watch a 15 second TikTok than a movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just like in they are they are scrolling through 10 second, 15 second, 20 second bursts of endorphins. Yeah. And it is it is. And I, I say they we we're, we're all there. We all have our phones and we all have different ways we activate those endorphins on our phones. I'm not looking at it right now. Don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I do at risk of being the old guys like uh, I, I do want to say there is something really valuable and beautiful about letting a story be told over time in a in a way that uh, that doesn't have to have something happening every 15 seconds, let alone every five minutes. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally with you. I mean, I, I loved First Cow this year. Can you imagine somebody who is on TikTok brain trying to watch First Cow? Like it's, you know, know I'm just glad stuff like that still gets made. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I, I wonder how long it will. I wonder the art yeah. that this that this generation will be making uh, 20 years from now. Yeah, like me too. what what that will look like, mm-hmm. and and I you it'll know. just be a movie of just a white screen, and then like a little blip. It'll be like, are <laughs> but, you still paying attention? Just well, retraining no, I think, I think our minds power, to try. I, and I, don't I think care. the power of storytelling will persevere. I, I do, but it it'll it'll definitely continue well, to evolve. We've always got and, the older stuff. I mean, you yeah. you can always go yeah. back and watch whatever you want, especially nowadays, yeah. and if you actually purchase physical media. But um. But even if you don't, there's still plenty out there. But uh, yeah, I, the one positive, though, when you mentioned First Cow, is that a lot more movies get made today. So mm-hmm. you yes. still have yeah. those, those movies to make are them, still yeah. getting made. But yeah. finding them isn't always as easy, especially, as easy, especially now that's becoming a huge problem. That's the thing. Um, there's been a couple of smaller movies that were only available on epics recently. And a lot of people are like, how the fuck do I get epics? You know, and it, I think. <laughs> I think the streaming thing is becoming an issue and it that's going to come to a head in the next five yeah. or six years, I think. Maybe sooner. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, My wife and I aside. were talking about stuff yesterday like that. We were like, how do we watch this? Well, you got to get Paramount Plus. Well, how do I watch this one? Oh, that's on Peacock. You know? Just, yeah. Whew. Yeah. We'll, we'll be down to... Oh, it's we'll be so down hard to... to sit on our butts and watch TV from our own homes. <laughs> no, it's just people don't have access to all that stuff. It's that's all true. I'm no, you're right. Um, you're right. You know, they're not... I'm being silly. They're not crazy like me and just buy everything, so... Yeah. <laughs> um. So the sense that I really enjoyed was uh, Jennifer Connelly doing another labyrinth. I uh, thought that was clever. Um, yes. Apple denote, denotes asshole in case the green jello doesn't give it away. I cracked up. And the um, it's all just a big joke. And then the sin being cinema sins defenders, which, of course, <laughs> we appreciate you. So those are the ones I wrote down from Dark City. Uh, what about you, Jonathan? Uh, business cards with no numbers on them. I thought that was a pretty good observation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yep. good observation. Uh, I like the whole nudity is unnecessary, but not unwelcomed. Welcome, but unnecessary. <laughs> I'm about 60-40 on it. Um, <laughs> that was hilarious, too. <laughs> Uh, the aliens in Dark City have the same weakness as the aliens in Signs was really funny. Um, and then yeah, was we, the- we we both wrote something on that uh, because it's not like water is alien weakness is just it's throughout sci-fi for some reason. I think it's just because our planet has so much of it and it's kind of an easy thing to go well, to. But- Shyamalan even used it as uh, that was Bruce Willis's. Uh, Right. Weakness. Sure. Yeah. I just I wonder if I, I tried to write this in a sin and it didn't quite work. Uh, so we went a different direction. But uh, it was a sin about that someday the aliens are going to show up and we're going to realize they've been planting this in our movies and television for so long and that they actually <laughs> they actually gain power from water. <laughs> and so we'll be screwed. That'd be awesome. <laughs> 
I also enjoyed the part about they said something about building the city, and then was the tune they used rock and roll? Did they arrive in a starship? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, my amazing mind power didn't work. Maybe this knife will. And uh, <laughs> the other one was uh, Jennifer Connelly saying, would you like to join me? And then the narrator says, duh. <laughs> duh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, you, you, you rat bastard. Uh, what's his name? Uh, her husband. Swan Division. Uh, <laughs> Paul Bettany. Oh. oh, Paul Bettany. Yeah, they have a beautiful story, don't they? they, 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 do. they yeah. I, I don't, actually, I don't even know if they're married. I got to be honest. They are. Oh, yeah, they are. They are. Okay. I, can't, I never yeah. can remember. Oh, yeah. We talked about that, right? Yep. Yeah. Yes. We they, did. They hit it off, and then nine eleven happened, and they're like, "Nope, we're getting married." Yeah, now. that is that is just a ridiculously beautiful couple. F- fuck them. <laughs> uh, you guys mentioned pretty much everything I had. Uh, I liked uh, I liked referencing the uh, riddles at the beginning when the fish was on the floor with the broken glass in the water. Uh, did you also ride in a horse named Friday? Uh, the um, yeah, the I can't believe how quickly I solved this movie. Uh, I, I enjoyed that as well. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Devil's Advocate. Yes. Uh, this was a Jonathan's uh, script. This was uh, Chris and Jonathan uh, doing what was this me, one. Chris, that's right. That's right. Um. So yeah, I have never seen this movie. I think I've I've talked about that before <laughs> because there was a sin in one of the uh, TV sins I think about vanity that I had to read. Yes, uh, that's in here. Yes. and uh, so I tried to match Al Pacino yeah, on that. Anybody that hadn't seen this movie probably saw like a lot, which we have a sin about it too, but probably mm-hmm. heard a lot of former outtakes <laughs> from other cinema sins videos. I, and, and it's not because I don't I, like I this this movie looks exactly the kind of crazy that I think I might enjoy. Um, so I and I know I've heard enough about it to know that that's probably the case so i will get around to it at some time it just hasn't found its way to the top of my list this is one of the weirdest movie going experiences i've ever had and i'm not making fun of any of this i mean if you have a really strong religious beliefs or strong spirituality i can i can i can totally see why certain movies would would uh would work their way into you in a weird way but i was dating this girl at the time um although i don't i mean she she didn't really talk too much about it but i guess she was more into uh, religion than I realized, but she never like went to church or anything. But I just remember we we watched this movie together, and then when we walked out, she just started bawling. Oh and no! I have it was like what? I felt so bad. Why? Just because it's it just, just like bothered. the satanic just, stuff. The satanic stuff just oh. really bothered. Which is kind of like looking back. I mean, I'm kind of like I don't really. I don't. I mean, I personally don't get it, but I mean, I've had emotional reactions to things that other people wouldn't sure. get. So I totally sure. get that. But uh, I felt fast I felt forward, like she's the a Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. <laughs> Yeah. Huh? I said fast forward and she's a Buffy the Vampire yeah, no Slayer fan or I felt so I've never felt so bad in my life because I actually enjoyed the movie. So then I felt You're really like, that was rad. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay. And then I turned you around t- and she's crying and it was Oh no. Yeah. I, felt I, I so have had bad. those as somebody who grew up in a, a sheltered uh, yeah. religious environment, uh, I have had those experiences. One, and I, I welcome you to laugh at me for this. No, um, no, no, but no. it was very no no no, I, I welcome it because I understand how strange it can seem from the outside. But I traveled with a group at college, and college was my first experience really kind of being outside of yeah. you know my home shelter bubble, that kind of thing. And I love the people I traveled with. You know, we were in a singing group, whatever, and we would we would go to churches and sing and that kind of stuff. And on one of the first trips, one of these guys who I respect very much put in a George Michael CD. Okay, George Michael, right? 
And I just sat there Sorry. and I looked outside the van window. I said, I invited this. I'm fine with it. I really am fine with it. I sat there and I looked out the window in just like tears just started oh, no. like st- like streaming down my face. <laughs> I, I was like, I these people I respect. <laughs> no, no, you're not. I totally get it. I, and I tell that story to Man. say, yes, it is a very human thing. And you don't know what you hey. don't know. You don't feel what you don't feel. And it just, it you know, it can creep up you on should, you sometimes. You should be very happy you turned out as well as you did because... <laughs> No, no, I'm not even like, I'm not even kidding. Like, this is serious. Cause like, I, I went to school, like, I went to Church of Christ school for 13 years. Sure, and, yeah. But I had a very, my mom is very, you know, open book and um, mm. I, I was not sheltered. Um, and a lot of the kids were, though, like you were talking about. And when they went to college, they just went fucking wild. And, you know, bad things happen a lot of the time. Yeah, sure. You know? And yeah. I'm, there's nothing wrong with, you know, I just, Trying to find a middle ground is probably the best way to go about it. <laughs> well, and which, and is what, we which is what we're trying to do with my daughter. So I'm just like I'm just like sitting there, like how how are these people listening to songs saying I I I want your yeah. sex? I don't understand. <laughs> no, like I mean, I read <laughs> little me. I read Stephen King in high school, and they yeah, I'd be reading it at school, and they'd be like, how how do you read that? Like, I mean, I open the book. And yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it, I look at the words and I I, I assimilate the information. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what to, to tell you. <laughs> and I always I always try to be very clear when I talk about my sheltered childhood too. Yeah. It, it wasn't. It really wasn't my parents, which is interesting and probably why I was able to. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. Gr- yeah. Grow up the way you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, because they were always open with me. Yeah. We always we could have conversations about everything. It, but it was the environment. Everybody yeah. in my world was the same from my perspective the same as me and that's a that's a really ingrown kind of thing mm-hmm. you have to figure out and so, ingrown yeah. everyone's yeah. thinking think, of toenails think everyone, now even, thanks even people not brought up in the church they have those moments you know yeah. that they struggle yeah. with what they should they should be feeling well devil <laughs> but the thing about devil but i just thought that was interesting because i just had an interesting story to go along with it so yeah uh but devil's advocate there's a lot going on in there i mean there's you know there's there is a lot of uh, it's a ex- pretty extreme movie in some ways. It's very Hollywood, yeah. and yeah. you know, and it's very it's very much a movie of that time period. Like this had to be in the '90s. Like I don't know yeah. how to explain that, but this felt very '90s in the same way something like Heat feels very '90s. Yeah, I'm sure. I'll, yeah. I'm sure I uh, get around to it. Um, it's, when it's a blast. You know, Pacino. Now that I'm now that I'm out of my sweet summer child phase. It's um. kind of one of those movies, though. I I don't even know. My objective and subjective just mesh together. I just love this movie. Yeah, I just sure. have so much you. fun with it. Uh, Pacino and Reeves just have this really interesting dynamic that I don't think will ever be captured again in any way. Yeah. And I don't even know what it is. It's just magic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, watching the video, oh, watching magic. the video was uh, definitely made me want to watch it more. Uh, just yeah. watching them interact together and just the ridiculousness and, and yeah, and definitely. I can't even tell. I'll tell you this: I can't even tell. Like the older I get, I can't tell if Reeves is the one that's bad or if Pacino is the one that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely something over. There's a lot of over overacting going yeah. on. Um. So you wrote with Chris, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's what he had to say: um, Devil's Advocate is known most for Al Pacino's speechifying at the end when he says the most blasphemous stuff ever uttered in mainstream film. Probably of true. course, he's playing Satan. So I think the most curious thing about Devil's Advocate are threads that go nowhere. 
Eddie Barzun is shredding important documents while the firm is being investigated by the Justice Department, but that story has no impact. After the firm gives him a swanky apartment, one of the established lawyers tells Kevin that this is going to make a bunch of people jealous, but the jealousy never materializes. Kevin goes to meet Delroy Lindo, who's being charged with something or another involving killing animals in a restaurant. And instead of giving him advice for the case, Lindo simply asks for the prosecutor's name and does some voodoo that makes the prosecutor unable to speak in court. My favorite thing to sin may have been argumentative. Mary Ann, Kevin's wife, is looking for him at a party and just can't find him for some reason. He's out on the terrace talking to Connie Nielsen for the most part, but Al Pacino tells him to go inside and find two lawyers and tell them to go upstairs to meet in the office and somehow Marianne missed Kevin during his own search of two party of two people at the party. This place is big, but it's not can't find your husband in 15 minutes big. <laughs> <laughs> and those are Chris's thoughts on the film. I no, I agreed with him on that. I remember he, in the script he asked me about that, like, you know, this might be a little argumentative. I'm like, no, I think you're right. Because it bothered it kind of bothered me too. But then at the same time, you don't want to make fun of the fact that like Charlie Theron's character is freaking out and feels alone. You know, you don't want to make fun of that. But, you know, it is it is yeah. bizarre. It's a bizarre scene. Uh, I'll take us into the sins. Um, I liked uh, the glasses of shame in the echo. <laughs> that was, that uh, that was, was awesome. That was put on this. That, that was so great. <laughs> Uh, the uh, Keanu Reeves Al Pacino in the same movie at last. Uh, that, I know which we said, and then we take us in off later about the pairing. Uh-huh. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, and the commenters are raging, like, <laughs> "Why are you doing this?" Uh, I love after he's like, "Let's make a baby," and the sin is just makeup baby making. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, fair enough. Uh, her nickname for me is Mister Incredible. Of course, made me laugh. Uh, and then his clothes aren't the devil. Uh, that's and made me laugh. Oh, when as he's well. getting when he's getting shot. Yeah, and actually, like, when they he should initially, have bullet holes. Well, yeah, and when he initially gets shot, there is like material puffing up and stuff. So I think they were, but then when they the next shot, he doesn't have any bullet holes. So that's I just went with that. Yeah, uh, Danae, what about you? Um, I wrote down the movie expertly tells us what the real evil is: fast food. It's <laughs> such Which a I weird felt. scene. Did you already talk about Charlize and the Boner? No, nobody's no, talked so. about Charlize and the Boner yet. Super liked that one. Uh, this line is proof that there's an... Okay, so it's like a really uncomfortable moment where it's just... There's a yeah. lot of repeated visual of like intestines and ovaries and whatever was mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. Like it was multiple of that. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but then it really just made the sin sing even more when it's like the proof that there's nothing that Charlize yeah. Theron can do that would kill a boner. That was <laughs> one was of those funny. lines that... They took my ovaries, Kevin. Uh, that's just a ridiculous line. A- even though the scene's supposed to be like all serious and scary, it's just so ridiculous. So I knew, and that's a yeah. pretty famous line. So I knew we had to do something with it. And that's what yeah. I came up with. <laughs> yep. Yep. I liked it all, though. I had a good time. I haven't seen the movie, but I liked it. Uh, I liked the sense of And Charlie Theron is there and is so young in this. She's like 22. Like she's still got like baby cheeks. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. like, it's like, oh. Oh, look at you. Look at baby Charlie. Look at Charlie. I had, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Was that it, Danae? I'm sorry. Yeah. I watched, uh, I was. I felt the same way watching uh, Bridge Over the River Kwai this week and just seeing little, little Alec Guinness. It's like, oh, look at you, Obi-Wan. I, I almost watched that too this week. It was actually on this weekend. And uh, that is sadly a movie I still haven't ever seen. So It is so good. Oh, I'm sure. I, so, I can't. So good. I bet it'll be yeah. one of my all-time faves. But I just, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's long and... I just, you know, haven't had the 
felt found sure. a, no totally get it yeah totally said, get i'll it. just watch devil's advocate like for the 75th <laughs> for, time yeah yeah what uh, uh, what were some of your favorites uh laughing at a pedophile's trial because that mm-hmm. was just insane good sin good sin uh good sin. public blowjobbing uh we went back i know i had something on that too but chris had something way better uh and i did already mention the scene still seven percent of cinema sense outtakes material <laughs> right and that was the i have so many names mm-hmm. uh taking it to the low max i thought was really funny and uh, Al Pacino makes you want to remove sins for Satan. But my favorite by far, and uh, Barrett reviewed the script too and was dying. We were both telling Chris how much we were dying about this was when uh, he's basically trying to get Keanu to sleep with his half-sister so they can uh, give birth to the Antichrist. <laughs> and he said in two, like he says, I can't remember if it's Pacino or the woman, but they say in two minutes, you'll forget about all this. And then the sin is just two minutes. which is just amazing yeah good stuff uh that's the movies for sin week uh again if you want to check those out uh you can be a sin club member at patreon.com slash cinema sins and yes we've already been talking for an hour about three three videos yes yes that is how it goes around here Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hey, podcast peeps, it's me again. Um, mm-hmm. those are my dogs. Mm-hmm. Those are my. Uh, every time I try to talk. Wow. Uh, is this how Aaron feels when we're. Okay, we're going to try this. Okay. I just wanted to tell you about the survey again, which is at cinemasense.com slash BTS. So go fill it out. All right, let's move into the week's videos. We'll start with Commercial Sins, uh, Eminem, Sexy, and I Know It. Uh, this, these Eminem's commercials, I, I just don't understand how they're legal. Uh, they are so ridiculous. I kind of um, forgot they existed at the time. I mean, I thought they were funny. I, I, I did, but I mean, I mean, it wasn't like, oh, these are hilarious. But I don't know. They didn't no, bother me. They, <laughs> I get where the humor comes. Yeah. The humor comes from the fact that they are so over the time. I mean, they're they're either about cannibalism or yeah. whatever, whatever well, yeah, you would call whatever you would part. call sexual attraction to candy. I don't know what that if that has a technical term. But Giving all the about M&Ms that. like character was a weird choice. Uh, yeah. It's kind of up there with like California raisins. Like 
don't you want us to eat these? Because now we don't want to eat them. Yeah, yeah. And, and then when yeah, then it's like you know, if the M M&M and M says eat me, what do they mean? Do they mean cannibalism or do they mean sex? Like I like I just do these yeah. commercials. And then you have don't... a commercial like this. It doesn't help at all. <laughs> no, exactly. That's what uh, I'm saying. It's so, so weird. Chris wrote this script and he said, um, this ad was incredibly obnoxious to me back when it played complete with that LMFAO song sexy. And I know it random dude at a party thinks that Mrs. Miss Brown, the brown M&M is naked because her shell looks like what most M&M's chocolate center looks like. But the idea that nobody has ever seen a brown M&M is absurd, almost as absurd as me writing an angry sin script about it. It's even more absurd that another M&M thinks she's naked. And does no one see the M on her shell? Does no one see it? <laughs> anyway, Dom M&M sheds his shell and starts dancing to LMFAO. And uh, I had questions about a shell that acts as clothing that has to fit an M&M's eyelids. <laughs> so I left really hard. Chris's scripts, just side note, crack mm-hmm. me up. I mean, Jeremy's are just okay. <laughs> I knew you were going to have to defuse that somehow because I'm seriously going to think everybody's scripts cracked They're me up. They're all really, really funny. But I know when it got mean. to the eyelid part, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, it's also another one of those word worlds created that make you wonder about the character's sex lives. Like Miss Brown talks about the prime minister hitting on her or something. And you can't help but think about people having sex with M&M's. <laughs> I guess if M&M's can talk and go to parties in this world, why not? <laughs> yeah. Those are Chris's thoughts on the M&M commercial. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do love yeah. M&M's, though. Uh, if I'm not having disturbing thoughts about their humanity or sexuality, I do enjoy uh, eating them. I laughed so hard at the sin. was like, <laughs> it's like just trying to contemplate. Like you want to give pleasure, but not too much that you'll melt. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was that was the only one he didn't uh, didn't mention that I had written down was yeah the oh my god Eminem lingus yeah Eminem lingus yeah yeah so good I had you can't take Mrs Brown anywhere without her talking about the goddamn prime minister yeah that was funny too it was good that's funny very nicely done let's move into TV sins Rick and Morty we're back on our Rick and Morty kick raising gazorpa gazorp yeah, raising Gazorpa Zorp. Um, yes, this was an Aaronthin uh, script. Uh, Jonathan and myself writing on this one. Uh, still not old to me. Don't care if it's old to I you. I love it. No, it's funny because people will write to me and and say like they'll merge our names. It's a thing now, Aaron. Mm-hmm. You've made a good. thing. Good. Good. Um, so yeah, anyhow, this was Jonathan and I writing on this one. Uh, any further thoughts on Rick and Morty or this episode before we get into the sins? This is a funny episode. I don't, I don't know that it's necessarily one of my favorites, but it's, you know, it's right there in that middle tier probably. I, I like I like that it's not di- trying to do as much as yeah. a lot of episodes do. It's very it's almost very it's almost more sitcommy than a lot of the episodes are because it is really just kind of a plot a plot b plot you know. And... Well, and you get you get Rick and Summer on an adventure, right? Yeah. Wait, did I say that it's Summer, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. For some reason, I get I get her and the uh, Phineas and Ferb sister. Mixed up oh, sometimes. Candace. Candace, yeah. Because yeah. I called yeah. Candace Summer in a script that I copied yes. where I sent it on. 
That's funny. <laughs> yeah. I think that there's something about season one of Rick and Morty. It's the, I didn't really watch season two as intensely or season, you know, like I haven't kept up with it, but there was something about season one of that new show that's doing new things. That's, you know, pushing boundaries and has a yeah. totally yeah. different level of humor. And so I remember watching these episodes differently than ones that we might like pull up for season two or season three, where I'm like, Oh, they're expanding this universe and they're going on more adventures. But this one to me is one that I was like, wow, they're going there. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, so... there's a lot like summer almost gets raped in this. And I mean, there's all kinds of crazy stuff going. Not that that's beyond crazy, but you know what I mean? There's a lot of dark stuff in this episode. Sure. Sure. I think the thing that um, I just remember connecting to this realization, every episode of Rick and Morty that I did not know where they were going to take it every single time. So starting off with this, like you've got a little kid upstairs having sex with a sex doll while everyone's having breakfast and you're thinking, well, that's awkward. Um, and then there's a child. Okay. That's also awkward. And you know, so it's just, they keep figuring out how to make it more and more awkward and intense and strange. So, but there's nothing that's, but, there's just nothing quite like season one because it was the first to, time it was done. Yeah. This is a show that, that makes things very awkward, but knows how to, it knows how to do that line, right? Better than I think something like The Office, for instance, does. Because The Office, to me, is just hard to watch because it's so yeah. uncomfortable. Rick and Morty is uncomfortable, but it also finds a way to pull you back in. Like, you know, you've got yeah. the stuff with Morty and raising the Gazorpazorp, and then that gets kind of serious and dark. But then you've got uh, you've got the dad, you've got Jerry and the mom you know, like off to the side, making cracks about him trying to raise a kid and stuff. I don't know. It just, it mm -hmm. works. It works. Or like, yeah, for or some like reason the, it works. the weird stuff with like, you know, the horrible stuff that those aliens that are trying to attack Summer and then, you know, Rick makes that comment about, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be in this if it wasn't for you and your boobs. You know, it's just like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. It's yeah. funny. It yeah. is funny. It knows how to press on stuff in a way that you're like uncomfortable with, but then you're also somehow appreciating, which is well, strange. And I don't know it that it'll ever be dated. I mean, it probably will. Cause I guess everything is to a point, you know, but um, yeah. I think it's one of those shows that'll play pretty well for, for a long time. We had that interesting conversation. The show makes it difficult sometimes to do what we do too, yes. because we had that in interesting conversation about the boob comment. Um, you know, like him, him, like Rick is the character that would insinuate that, but it is still something to comment on as being a sin. And mm -hmm. I think even in the sin, we ended up landing on admitting like we don't even know if the show is a, is actually aware that it's victim shaming and making yeah. a joke of that. I or, like that a lot. And so we, we gave ourselves the space to go, we get that the show may be doing this on purpose and actually understands that it's doing this, but we still have to sin it, you know, because of how... Because because there are idiots out there who really do believe that, and you know, we'll take right. that as an excuse to uh, to laugh at that in that way. So yeah, yeah it, it makes it makes it difficult sometimes to kind of figure your way around that stuff. Um, so yeah, anyhow, um, but it was really fun, fun to sin. Uh, Danae, I think you get to start out the uh, oh yeah the sins on this one. In the interest of moving things along, not because I wasn't prepared, I did prepare for this part. Um, <laughs> I just wrote down one. Rick survives this fart. I died laughing and then I was resurrected and came back. So that's how I'm here today. 
but there was just something about like letting it play in its length and entirety. And I just did not know it was coming. And so for the sin to be, he survives. This was just unexpected and genuinely hilarious. Like that's the ridiculous part. Like they're in another dimension with like these, these creatures Mm -hmm. with like arms coming out of their heads and stuff. And, but the fart is the fart is the is the uh, unbelievable part of that. That's the unbelievable part. And it's part. just it's just the interesting part of our job <laughs> where the first edit comes in and we have to comment. No, can you please let the entire fart play? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I had to write that because they just had like a really short amount. And I was like, well, of course he would survive that. That yeah, was like a, that that was like a fart. You got to play the whole thing. It's like I'm really sorry, but can you please play more of the fart? <laughs> So that or is our job. Cut the sin. Either one. <laughs> yeah, let's have more fart. And then, and then after something... they did it, I had to kind of write, "Good job." Like, <laughs> perfect. Well, perfect. That is the perfect length of uh, uncomfortable fart. There is something about our job. It's not just writing. We do have to think about how it's delivered too. And there genuinely is, and there's so many layers to what we're presenting to to you guys before you know it ever gets to to YouTube where. Yeah, it could be funny, but if you don't visually see what we're talking about in the edit, or it just doesn't make sense once you see the edit, it still goes through another round of potentially being cut or massaged mm-hmm. or, or changed yeah. or something because it has to make sense. So it was just absolutely perfect. Great job. Uh, Jonathan, why don't you go next? Uh, remembering your late grandfather every time you use your sex robot. That's <laughs> uh, true. Pretending Delaware is larger exists. Was that a Was that a knock on Frank? Sure, of okay, course. Okay, I love this. <laughs> was it really? Yeah. I've done that before. Oh, we too. Had, we've done that before with other yeah. states too. But yeah. you know, it's just you know, I love the idea love that you, the friend. narrator is so poor at U.S. geography <laughs> that literally thinks that Del- Delaware isn't a place. You know. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's the narrator. It's not the writers. Just giving it to Frank. <laughs> I also enjoyed Good News Parents. What you do doesn't make a difference. Uh, <laughs> that felt way too real. Uh, yeah, it did. and I think his murder boner would be accompanied by a well boner boner. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> Because it's true. Those yeah. those creatures are so horny. They just they drop sex robots on them, and two minutes later, they're all impregnated. Yeah. Uh, the only other things I had down were the uh, pronunciation of Ralph Fiennes, and then being able to repronounce it in the uh, next line was fun. And then could be worse. He could be showing him Caillou. Uh, also thought that I was love that one. <laughs> that was great. There's nothing so. worse than Caillou, by the way. Nothing. Not Nothing worse than Caillou. All right, let's move on to, well, more Rick and Morty, kind of. <laughs> We're moving on to Solar Opposites, the Matter Transfer Array, uh, which, of course, is uh, Justin Roiland's uh, new show on Hulu in the second season has uh, just dropped. I have watched the entirety of the second season already. I love this show. Um, I think it is, uh, in many ways, I like it better than Rick and Morty. And I, I don't know, maybe it's just because it's newer, but there's, there's something really fresh about it that... Uh, that I enjoy. So. I completely disagree. No, it's not fresh. You're not alone. You are not alone. I mean, alone. it is. It's like, hey, this worked. Let's do it again with aliens. Well, on- let me let me explain. Fresh. I mean, new characters. Like, it's not just Rick and Morty and their family. Like, there's you know, new people to figure out and characters I've, that do stuff. And I've only seen the pilot. Um, the only thing about it that seems similar to me was that just you know the guy who does Rick just doesn't sound that different. 
doing yeah. uh no uh, what's his name but um i no, i no. laughed a lot at the pilot a lot but i haven't i, yeah. I haven't watched I any more episodes so bored. Since. and the only thing about it that i thought was kind of obvious was like they clearly because they weren't on a network so the cursing feels a little forced to me just because yeah. it's kind of like oh we can say fuck now so let's just say fuck a bunch well, what's interesting is I guess I've I, I've only watched the unbeeped Rick and Morty's because that's not different from Rick and Morty for me. Like I hear swearing in Rick and Morty all the time. Oh, um, maybe I'm so, wrong then. No, no, no. I just I just didn't think of it that way. But it is bleeped usually when it's on TV. Um, but I guess it's not in the cuts we watch. So maybe I'm yeah. yeah maybe I'm not thinking about that. Either way, it felt a little more like I don't know. Whatever. I I, I laughed a lot. I really liked it. So I really I'm do looking too. forward to watching the rest of it. It's great. Um, I just want to let you guys know I care about you as people, but I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, a lot tell, of people like it. I mean, they it got a second season. So I'm disappointed in everyone who likes it. What What is it I'm that you didn't? Really. Was it just that it felt like? Uh, it's just it was really boring to me. It wasn't It wasn't new or interesting. Yeah, I definitely didn't think it was boring. It was like um, it <laughs> was like it was like Rick and Morty and Third Rock from the Sun. Yes, with a little bit of cursing. Yes. And it didn't even feel consistent in how it built its own world, specifically like the sins that we point out, like when when they're like, where uh, what's a brain? And then they're talking about brains and um, we're not like, what, let's kill her. We weren't going to kill her. You know, just it's like, what are you guys trying to, to do here? I Is es- it? I especially like the school, though. Um, I love the, the principal <laughs> and uh, I guess that's a teacher. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I just love yeah. how she was always calling the kids like like fuckheads and stuff. I, don't, just, <laughs> super, I didn't like that either. But mostly because anything set in high school, I, I immediately, immediately be like, I just don't want to be yeah, here. But, it, but it's a cartoon but and it's aliens. I know, but it doesn't. But it doesn't. I just don't know what. I don't know what this is doing that is so fun and unique know, and new. I laughed a lot. That <laughs> that people are like, oh, I need this show in my life. I don't. I guess I I'm mean, just missing something. It's just oh, funny. Just it's like just it. really, really funny. Um, I I laugh a lot, and I do think it's fresh. I don't. I do know that it is very similar in its sense of humor, and yes, the the voice acting uh, for the one character. But it's a totally different family dynamic. Um, it's much more fish out of water than Rick and Morty is, and I think that that stuff can be really fun. Um, so yeah, the, and the voice I, I really acting. Enjoy it. The voice acting is not a big deal. I'll get, I mean, I would get used to that. It's like H. John Benjamin. Every time I see him in something else, I just immediately think of Archer. But I get used to it, you know. I also think that what locked me into this show is how consistent it wants to be with its world, which is very similar to Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty does this as well. But there is, uh, you briefly see at the end of this episode, and we take a sin off. Uh, I think it's our first ever sin off that's a uh, that'll never happen sin, but it's a sin off. Uh, because that wall that they're building becomes intricate to the plot of the show in some crazy cool ways. Like they do some really cool stuff with the shrinking of the humans and the wall that continues in season two as well. Um, and that locked me into the show. I was just like, oh, that's really smart and interesting. It's like they created a show within a show, but it all still works. Um, there's an episode called, I think it's called the bear attack or a bear attack, such and such or whatever. And it all takes place inside this wall, but you see a bear attacking the family outside the wall just a couple times briefly. And so the, the show title is about what's happening to the main family, even though we don't really know anything about it and everything is going on inside the wall. I just find it. I just find that stuff. 
just like it's catnip to me. I just I really enjoy it. So I hope I don't know if that explains it more for you, Danae, but there, it's definitely no, is. It, it doesn't help me at all. I don't know. Unfortunately. I, I, I like the pilot and that didn't that that didn't help me. So Okay, fair enough. Uh, think, you'll have to watch think, it to understand. I think I like I understand the premise. They've crash landed on Earth, they can't get off, they need to go to an uninhabited planet to repopulate an uninhabited planet once their little creature turns into a full size creature. Mm-hmm. They both do not like the humans around them and also are fascinated by the humans around them. And they're trying to blend in while also clearly not blending in. So it's just like, okay, pick a lane. What do we do? You know, like, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I you know. just explained Resident Alien as well. I mean, it's like almost the exact same show, except one's, you know, animated, ridiculous, over the topness. If I could, if I could like release my sin brain, maybe I would have enjoyed it. But I found this to be an incredibly sinful show from the very beginning for, to me, real reasons too. Like he built this incredible machine that just can go to the center of earth, but he can't repair his spaceship. I mean, now you're just talking about cartoons though. I mean, like, you know, it's, Yes. I only have so much time to enjoy what I watch. Right, I'm not totally. going to enjoy this. And there's, here's the reasons why I'm not going to enjoy this. Because there's right. Rick and Morty. If I want to see something like that, I already have that show. I already have this humor. I already have this. It's yeah. just shaken up. It's, it's, it's much more realistic like, that Rick can go from dimension to dimension. Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> you get it, Jonathan. You, you get, get it. it. Uh, let's talk about the sins themselves. And uh, Jonathan, you get to start this one off because this is a Daenerys. I just the getting excited about a Dick Wolf shirt thing was funny because I wasn't positive who wrote it, <laughs> and I was curious if, like, I wasn't curious if either one of you knew who Dick Wolf was, and so I thought maybe you just thought it was funny that a shirt said Dick Wolf. I just wanted Dick to make Wolf, sure. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. I just wanted to make sure that that no. wasn't the case. I wasn't, was I wasn't Wolf trying to Dick. be condescending. I just, it read it read weird to me. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. but no, that was exactly, it was about the actual Dick Wolf and mm-hmm. uh, his Law and Order and Chicago shows and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe you mean that's racist, R-A-Y. <laughs> yeah. Which it's right there. looks like that was a pretty popular one in the comments. I couldn't believe the too. show didn't make that joke. I know, uh, no kidding. It's right there. And just like that, Corvo was added to the TV Sense writing team. No questions asked. I thought was very <laughs> when he was talking about yeah. the sexual exploits yeah. of the TV characters. So I was like, "Hey, welcome to the team. That's what we do." <laughs> so that's what I had. Yeah, good stuff. It was uh, very funny. Danae, what did you want go to ahead. talk about? No, your turn. You go ahead. Uh, I had to mention the Naruto headband. Uh, that that really was an experience for me, where the kid's walking down the hallway and has that headband on, and I was just like, I know this headband. And then I just had all these flashbacks of that impertinent little child in, the, <laughs> in that lonely swing, and I was like, Oh my goodness, you made us watch that show. Um, <laughs> you fans made us watch Naruto. Uh, so I, I enjoyed doing that one, and then uh, had to had to get the uh, the super precious about the E in your name. Uh, sin in there for Danae. Uh, yeah. Just a, just a little pokey poke. Yeah. When I saw our combine script and I read that sin for the first time, I believe I commented and I was like, you motherfucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think something like that for sure. <laughs> now I hate this people show gonna, more. <laughs> people, people are going to think I did this and I didn't do it. Um, I think people are aware that parents name you. <laughs> that's true. Right. That's true. <laughs> I hope. I mean, today kind of named not, herself. <laughs> I did how, name myself. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Oh, you did she name yourself? She picked that name. Got, well, mm-hmm. you know, she could be like River Phoenix. I mean, not, uh, well, or, or Joaquin. 
Although mm-hmm. Joaquin was Leaf for the longest time. I don't know when he changed to Joaquin. The yeah. parents let them name themselves and they were like, I don't know, seven or something. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fun. It's fun. I should clarify. It is uh, Danae's middle name is Danae. And so that's where that Her first name is Harold. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Correct. It's Yumulak, actually. <laughs> it's Corvo. It's Corvo. Uh, Danae, what did you have? Uh, I liked sending the uh, Corvo attaching the stationary panel to his wheel uh, because that really annoyed me. And it was in the first like three seconds. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> um, and then people looking at your toe sprouts. Put an Afghan on if you don't people look at your toe sprouts. Just call yeah, them toe compl- sprouts is really deli- like it. Just yeah. sometimes you put words together. And yeah. You're like, oh, that's, that's perfect. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, yeah, you can't complain about something that you have an easy solution to. That is a rule, and that will be a sin. It's a rule. All right, let's move into Cinema Sins. Uh, Legend of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahul. Um, this is a, I believe this was a beret sin? It's a beret. It's a beret. Um, Barrett and Danae writing on this one. Nice. Barrett did not uh, give his comments on this one, so okay. I guess I'll just jump right in. Yeah, um, how did you feel about this one? I... I wanted to enjoy myself, but I was sinning it. So I had this kind of like brain struggle going on. But I think had I watched this, you know, maybe when I was younger, I would have been really excited about it because it's like a animal adventure with fantasy and, you know, all this stuff. But I was I was really disappointed. Yeah, it's (laughs) kind of like a secret of them thing, right? Something like that. It had that vibe in a way. And I think animals, you know, coming to life and, you know, being human-esque is just something that you're always going to be interested in when you're growing up. And there's just really fun stories. There's so many great books in Guardians of Gahul. It's one of this book series. But when I started to pick at the seams of what they were trying to tell us, I just found that I, I... I don't know. It, it, it kind of felt like if they hadn't done Lord of the Rings right, it would have been beautiful, but disappointing. And this kind of felt like like that. Mm-hmm. And then I went yeah. and did research and discovered that, yeah, this was that. So beautiful when it came but disappointing, out, yeah. it was beautifully disappointing, yeah. was this especially the Sni- for the fans. Was this the Snyder Cut? Um, <laughs> yes, this was the, the Owls of Gahul <laughs> Snyder Cut. Yeah. Um, I also could not get the titling right. I was writing down Guardians of the Le- Legions of the Legends of the Owls of the Gahul people and just kept adding more and more to mm-hmm. it. So anytime I referenced it uh, back and forth with Barrett, I just made it more and more complicated. Battle at well, the uh, Chris Owls was, of Gahul. You know, this kind of behind the scenes, but as Chris was talking about, um, he was getting this, like, I think we all, like, this came out close to when Rise of the Guardians came out, right? Which is a completely different movie. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> totally different. Yeah. Very, very different. But it's like, but they just, they're just similar enough with, you know, Guardians in there. And it was just like, you know, I think, I don't remember if he got the wrong movie at first or if he wrote the, I don't remember how it worked out, but there was some confusion there between the two. Oh yeah. I, w- I was confused. I thought I was doing something completely different. So when I got the assignment and then I got my disc, I was like, oh, what is this now? <laughs> Because I thought that I was going to be doing Guardians of the Galaxy or something, which I think we already did. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> oh, definitely. That, so that, that I forgot about dumb. that. Yeah, because Danae wrote, sent a schedule out or something. And one of the I things did, on there I, was Guardians of the Galaxy. And I was like, wait, I think we already did that. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, wait, no, I'm doing it. And then I realized, yeah, no, it's it's about yeah, owls. Um, Legend I, of the Guardians of the Galaxy quest is what we did this Gahool week. Of the Gahul people. Yeah. Of the Gahul owls. I think... Um, Again, I think it's interesting to build a world where you have, you know, good and you have bad and you have these factions and there's, but they just so briefly touched on 
everything all at once instead of building a universe and setting up for, and I, I know sometimes it sucks to set up for another movie, but they certainly could have done something interesting in a, in a different way where they didn't have to do a, a very little of so, so much because I did a lot of research on this one to kind of figure out what they were pulling from. And um, so that's one thought. And then the other is once I did the research and realized that there was so much and it's pretty dark, maybe it was good that they didn't, but that they should have paired back quite a bit and maybe just had uh, answered some questions earlier on, but it was beautiful and confusing. Like why, you know, why do we have fire? Why, why are there fire? Why would you go into a fire to pick up fire? I had, I spent like 45 minutes researching. They have all these like little owl factions. And one of them are these really specialized owls who can fly into forest fires through like swirls of air and pick up embers to take back and use for blacksmithing. But you already have fires that are lit everywhere around. So why not just use, it's just, there's a lot, I've got a lot of questions <laughs> and it's not going to be answered in this movie. It's probably going to be more in the books and they probably didn't do a great job of representing the world that was created in book material. Yeah. It sounds like you'd love the books. It sounds like the I think books I probably would enjoy might the be books. right up your alley. Yeah. It, this movie reminds me very, very much of the golden compass in that it is about this deep literary world. I haven't read either of the book series, of course, um, but it's about you know this deep literary world. And the movie is trying to do two things. It's trying to hook you into the world and also set up a universe to you know build sequels you know off of and that kind of stuff. Uh, and I just I don't know that either movie accomplishes it very well. Um, I I like this movie better. Uh, at least I think I do. I haven't seen it since it came out. Um, then I like the golden compass. Um, but both of them are also really beautiful, gorgeous visuals. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I was so overwhelmed by the visuals of this movie. Some of that flying in the rain stuff, uh, is just yeah, mind blowing. It's beautiful. It's really um, beautiful. I, I think just, I was so it's overwhelmed. It's a lot of owls flying in the rain. Yeah. So much. Exactly. Flying um, in the rain. It's probably why I loved it. Uh, but I think I love the visual so much that I probably gave this movie more credit than it probably deserves. If I watched yeah. it again, I don't know that I would like it as much. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I remember coming out of it really enjoying what I had seen. Um, and I think I'm going to leave it there. I don't think I'll ever revisit it. I think I'm just yeah. going to leave those good thoughts in my brain that I had a good time and thought the world was fun and really enjoyed the visuals. But I think it's, I'm almost, sorry, almost sure if I watched it again that. I probably wouldn't like. I it think as much. it's weird that Danae brought up that it, you know, it it probably could have done a better job of establishing the characters before just jumping in because you know Zach usually does that. He's really good about <laughs> not just throwing us in the middle of a bunch of people that we've never met, right. we've never seen a right. movie about right. before. He really does have a type, doesn't he? He really does make a certain kind of movie. It's it's incredible. So yeah, I I will say I've never seen this at least all the way through. I was gonna I was gonna watch it yesterday before I watched the video. It's on HBO Max if anybody wants to watch mm -hmm. it. I got about thirty minutes in and I was just like I'm I'm just not I'm not feeling this. I'm good. It's a lot of owls <laughs> like, flying. I'm just not this. It just wasn't. And I didn't like like it starts off with them getting captured and like enslaved. And I'm like I don't want to watch this. Like. <laughs> this is not where I want my head space to be. So I watch Bad Times yeah. at the El Royale instead because that's, <laughs> yeah. that's so much more, you know, good nature. There you go. Uh, but it is a better yeah. movie from what I can tell. But I can't give an honest opinion on this movie. I just didn't care for the first 30 minutes. That's all I can tell sure. you. Sure. 
If you take out all of the flying, owls flying and owls fighting, it's about a 10 minute long movie. Uh, (laughs) Well, and I really, I didn't know a whole lot about what was going on. And maybe that's partly what you're talking about. Like they just start saying things like in the first scene. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They they (laughs) literally just are like, we're going to assume that every made up word you already know, which honestly, sometimes I can appreciate, but there is, there is an element of why Pixar or Disney will do what they do or even, you know, other where they're going to tell you some lore and then they're going to show you a couple maps, you know, and then they kind of bring some stuff back around later and and they just sort of like sprinkle in the. Yeah. It's uh, like if if you were learning a foreign language and the first class you took was Spanish three, like that's what this movie felt like uh, jumping into. Uh, Raya and the last dragon. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. So, uh, that even in that one, I felt like they kind of pushed a little bit too much on the acceleration of world like, building, world building a little bit too much front loaded at the end. And then uh, because it was it was a lot to process. And so you're just you're waiting for a story to begin. Whereas this in this one, you know, very much does the same thing. But everything is mm. it's like an entire conversation of just literally just made up words. <laughs> so. Well, that's um, a that's a good yeah. good place to transition into the sins, and I'll start us like, off. Like you because... have to know, you have to know the types of owls. Like if you don't know the types of owls, oh, yeah. you're like totally right. screwed. It's a lot. It's crazy. It was a lot because uh, I really enjoyed the word uh, arbidarb mm-hmm. uh, in the in the in the head. All, all the hilarious <laughs> words in it. I was just like, that's such a perfect perfect sin for this movie uh i love the observation of who painted the ends of the horns like anytime there was an observation about like how are these owls doing some of these things we're seeing uh, on screen um always knew they were addicted to tootsie pops uh as far as what (laughs) owls were that just that just always that just made me laugh one of my all-time favorite commercials Uh, by the way yes one yeah two so good three uh overhead image of a tongue in a vulva and you will not convince me otherwise uh if, i mean first of all i i guess thank you yeah i could <laughs> like, i will I never be able never to see seen that else. and now i will never see anything else if i ever see that's that scene the main again. reason aaron's not re-watching the movie <laughs> that's true that is, that's 100 percent true i i just when i wrote that one i was like this one's gonna make barrett proud <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> Um, and I think at the end of the day, because it's true, it because it's Didn't true. It? Yes, it absolutely, hundred percent. Not that okay. I would know. Uh, only in this game, the snitches actually get stitches. Uh, what a great play on words. Love that. Uh, and then I really love the poem. I had to mention the poem as well, and especially the the fact that the last word is murdered, even though it should be killed. That kind of stuff always makes me yeah, smile. For sure, um, uh, makes me laugh. Uh, saying Gahoo like Yahoo. Gahoo. I really liked that. <laughs> uh, and then uh, your dad is standing in the magical owl land. He knows it's real. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> so good. So good. Uh, Jonathan, what about uh, you? You said a few, but uh, I did enjoy uh, Why Does an Owl Need Fucking Oil Lamps? I thought it was really funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, wouldn't it have been easier to say you're an asshole? I thought that was great. And Mouse Murder. No wonder Disney passed on this franchise. Yeah. I did a lot of research on this one and I have a comment too. So I'm going to, since we're trying to like not do a full on, I I thought maybe I could pick some that wink and nod to ones I did research on. 
and sure, do you can do whatever you want. We'll, okay. we'll do we'll quick either quickly go through keeping tabs in comment section. Um, but I yeah, no, we've got time to do can, what we want to do. I think I can do it all at once. But um, the snake in the owl nest. I actually learned that uh, in the comment section um, from Javandi, who says that snakes in owl nests are actually a thing. Some owls catch blind snakes which are small insect eating snakes, by the way, and put them in their nest to eat insects and parasites off of their fledgling owls. Hello. I wrote that's in my bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did research, but apparently did not find this information. So, but thank you. Thankfully there's other people that were in there, like also not realizing that that was the yeah. case. I just assumed wrongly. And from my research that yes, snakes eat things out of nests on the regular um, I looked up nurse snakes or something. I didn't look up blind snakes. Maybe that's why I missed it. But that was a, a shocker to me. And I really, I love the comment section for that reason. Nice. Um, the sin about, I was just thinking that the only thing missing from this opening sequence was an extended shot of an owl vomiting. Uh, yeah, I got to learn about pellets. Mm -hmm. So the owl's version of the hairball. I mean, Wow. Owls are kind of freaky. Kind legit. of? Yeah. Mm -hmm. they're little, they can turn their head all the way around. They're demonic. They're <laughs> the exorcists. They're special. I saw the exorcist. I know what demonic is. I mean, I don't advocate. think they can actually turn it around around. But anyway. Um, then the sin about um, never seeing the light of dawn, considering most owls are nocturnal and don't enjoy the light of dawn. I'm not sure how this is a threat. I got to do some additional research and figure out... Um, Interesting facts about owls and also that there are some that are day owls. Uh, so not all owls are night owls. They're famous for being nocturnal, but some are not. Some are actually the daytime hunter variety. So I got to learn that. Uh, regarding their necks, they have 14 neck vertebrae, which is twice as many as humans. Hmm. Um, and like the uh, the barred owl ha can turn their neck 270 degrees. Ooh, wow. I knew they could do 180. I didn't realize they could go 270. That's insane. Yeah. Um, they are demonic. Darren would be a they day can... owl, right, though? Because he'd be like 11 o'clock. He'd be like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh -huh. They can pull this feet because their vertebrae have holes that are about 10 times the size of the, uh, of the animal's blood carrying arteries. So with so much wiggle room in between, the arteries can pass through the holes and still have it turn which is how mm. they have the ability to do that. Um, I also learned an interesting fact about an owl being that the largest one is extinct. Do you, you want to guess how tall it was? The largest A, a now owl? extinct owl? A now extinct eight owl. Feet. It was called, oh, oh my I God. I was going to go with four feet, but <laughs> oh sure, eight feet, eight feet oh, just no, freaked me out. Oh, no, now I'm seeing out. the bunny walk in my room again. Oh, God. I don't know. And yeah, now like he's accompanied feet. by an eight-foot owl. <laughs> like four feet. Yeah. Yep. That's like as tall as my daughter. Almost four foot tall. Yeah. That would be my owl. guess. God. Um, anyhow, uh, I learned a lot on livescience.com about random owl facts, which was super fun. I also uh, did some research on how many birds fly above the clouds since the opening sequence has them mm -hmm. above the clouds. I thought that's pretty high up. How many birds actually fly up? Not very, very many. And then there's also something I read about airplanes and I stopped doing research after that because it's pretty tragic. But owls don't usually go up that high. Just, yeah. just that. But um, it looks pretty. Another one. 
Another one that I really enjoyed putting together was the um, uh, owl skeleton sin mm-hmm. because I actually went on to multiple websites to do research of anatomy. And I am convinced beyond belief that what whatever animator decided to animate that was really tripping because it was, it's, I wanted to go even more in and like show side by side and show joints and show all this stuff, but it ultimately the pacing would have been really wrong. And so I, we landed with what we have and I'm excited about that, but I wish you guys could see how many different skeletons there's just the views being able to turn it around, whatever they put together was just a monstrosity. Um, but owls are really interesting skeletal systems. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that. If I were doing, um, if we were doing keeping tabs, mine probably would have been in the research I did on human anatomy via arms because of the people with the arms oh, the on ears? their head. The, yes, the arm I ears. love those sins, and, by the way. Yeah, and just the idea of how many muscles it takes to, you know, have arms, and then just you know relating to that the fact that there would need to be chest muscles as well. And if you have chest, then you probably have mammary glands there on the females. So they it's really wild. should have boob cheeks. Um, if they have <laughs> head arms, uh, that's, <laughs> that should it's be a good thing. places. I need to transition to the next one. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go into galaxy quest. Uh, this was a Johnamy, uh, script. This was uh, Jonathan and Jeremy on this one. Uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. This is so much fun. Uh, what did Jeremy have to say about the quest of the galaxies? He said, we wrote the galaxy questions ages ago, but looking back through the script, I remember being baffled at Guy showing up the day after the convention at the electronics store opening. There is literally no good reason for him to be there, but he is. And therefore he ends up on the entire adventure. I didn't write it, but I loved the sin that takes the idea of them watching all Earth shows and veers wildly into a WKRP in Cincinnati reference. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. There are also a lot of questions I have about how the Thermians built a ship with transporters that are based on human anatomy without them having any idea about human anatomy. Um, my favorite sin that I wrote was this one. You're starting to act like you did in episode 17 you seen stealing hack alexander actually gets this reference and it's amazing that all the actors remember every single detail from every episode back in the early 80s i can't even remember if we send the thomas crown affair but you do super memory actors and mostly obvious comparison of the film to bug's life and three amigos yeah that was i had never thought about till he said that i'm like no that's right yeah yeah this movie's great i don't i don't know like being a huge Star Trek fan, I don't know how you could be like a Star Trek fan and not just love the hell out of this movie because it's 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 definitely making fun of some aspects of it, but there's a lot of love there too. I, I don't know this. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. You can feel yeah. you can feel how much it it honors the the silliness of our fandom. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. I just yeah. it's just it's it and like and there's so many things about it you wouldn't even think like casting Tim Allen was perfect. Uh, yep. Whatever you think <sighs> of agree. Tim Allen, but I I think at that time him being like. I mean, he was that type of actor, basically. I don't know. It's just, it's perfect casting. I don't, I don't really know how to get into all that, but uh, it's perfect casting and he does a great job. And uh, just that Sigourney Weaver and Alan Rickman. It is. Even in, in, really uh, um, in Enrico Colin Tony. Yes. Right. Is that his name? He, he was on Just Shoot Me too, right? Yeah. 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 Veronica Mars. Yeah. And Veronica Mars. Yeah. yeah. I really like him. Yeah. No, um, he's great. And just the. The way he talks in this just it's just so perfect. Yeah, the 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 old DVD, I don't know if the Blu-ray had this, but I remember the first release of this on DVD, you could actually watch the movie in that language. I don't know why you'd want to, but that was an option. That's funny. Yeah. 
That's funny. Yeah, I I absolutely love this movie as well. Already mentioned is one of my favorites of all time. I just I think it is so pitch perfect in its tone uh, throughout the movie, and it just makes me laugh. And it again is such a beautiful mockery. And it's clearly of fandom, very hard. Um, it's in very a hard one to as do well. this kind of movie well. So um, I don't know. It's just it's it's crazy. Yeah. It didn't spawn more like sequels and stuff. But I guess it just wasn't the hit they wanted it to be. So yeah, <laughs> you don't know. Is there air? You don't know. Um, Danae, what's your experience with uh, Galaxy Quest? I have none. All right, take a drink. This is one I actually would have thought drink. you had seen. I wondered. You know, it's old and it would have hit you, I think. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, age giver. Hey, your husband <laughs> did that on Twitter the other day, by the way. I am ageless. That's true. I would have thought this one would have kind of hit your sweet spot. Hey, I just, I just want to really quickly touch on something that I, I, I want to make sure everybody understands and and comes to appreciate i hope i don't like movies <laughs> but we will mention movies and you will go off on how much you love them so like it's not i mean I it's not but i'm not I, I i didn't i didn't then i don't like now i've never been someone who's been like oh shit a new movie no, let's go i've always been like a can we play video games and stay on the couch? Also, can someone who's coming here please stop at a drive-thru and bring me tater tots and tea? That's me. <laughs> That's me. No, I know, but I just, you know, I just guess sometimes if you've seen it or not. This would this would have been one I would no, have no, guessed no. yes. No I will shade. say this also came out around the same time as Toy Story 2, which I think was part of the issue with it not doing as well because everyone, mm. all, every family also, was going to see seen. Toy Story 2 at the time. So, yeah. No, it's never a surprise. It's never a surprise no, if you all. haven't seen a movie. There are just there are just occasions where it's like, oh, I bet this is one that might be in the this yes column. Be. This could I mean, be. I mean, you've seen yes a column. racer head. Um, yeah. So thinking you've seen Galaxy Quest wasn't a huge stretch. Eraser head is one of the horrible things that I've seen, and that was because I was at somebody's house and they put it on TV, and I didn't know how to leave properly. So I never spoke to that person ever again. I literally was i walked out got my car and i've never seen that friend ever again (laughs) i don't have anything in common with you i don't have anything to say to you i'm just gone bye (laughs) (laughs) there's also the element of next generation right you're next you like next generation tng i like star trek i like all oh danae 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 Mm -hmm. yeah and so there was part of me too that wondered because of how star trek it is if it had entered your you know your universe because of that like if you know orbit yeah your orbit so to speak Um, um yeah. Yeah. So, but no, that's fine. But you know, it's it wasn't no on shade. TV in no my living room. Yeah, totally get it. Totally get <laughs> yeah. it. Um, having said that, you have to watch it now. I'm just kidding. Do I, I do, no, I'm I, just kidding. I'm just I, totally more, kidding. It's more popular now than that it is was true. Then. That is true. Why do you think? That is a, but, well, like I said, I think I think a lot of factors. I think there was just other things out. I think Toy Story Two was a huge. No, I mean, like, why is it popular um, now? Well, why do you think, I think it's gaining? It's a genuinely good movie, and I think it just. You know, its fandom increased over the years. It took a while for people to find it. Yeah. I don't really have anything. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Other okay. to say. I don't know anything other than that. Okay. Well, uh, let's talk about the sins. Danae, why don't you kick us off? I wrote down, um, you know, there is a famous moment later in this movie when a character says one word, but the audio is another word completely. But here Alexander says, oh, brother, without even moving his lips. And no one ever talks about that. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. I have several others that I wrote down, but um, that's the one I'll go with. All right. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's Stan Winston, you twit. 
Uh, that was really funny to me. Well, and, and that that's not, I mean, we know that now, right? Because you go back yeah. and you watch like movies from like the early 90s and they look better than movies today. <laughs> and it's, it's mostly because it's Stan Winston. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That dude was on another planet. He may he might have been one of the big three, alien, android, or wizard. <laughs> uh, just do the gooey tube again made me laugh. Uh, just the wording on that. Yeah. The idea that they are basing their actions uh, on the show and just showing what complete and utter nonsense that is, that they would be able to build a starship based on the actions of this child yeah. who, you know, was probably just, you know hopped up on candy and well and those scenes right. didn't make any sense like we're supposed to believe there were scenes in the show just where showed he his just, hands like, on the controls yeah exactly yeah uh the idea of them coming out in order after they crash just that that's what the narrator's getting hung up on just made me laugh <laughs> and then i always appreciate a good you know sending the you know forced romantic subplots and the fact that they're kissing at the end mm -hmm is just ridiculous in this movie. Um, and it's pointed out in such a good way. Uh, so I wanted to bring that uh, out as well. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, they did have a pass. So sure, I guess sure. it's not the craziest thing in the world, but it right. didn't really, it wasn't needed. Right, yes. Uh, Jonathan, what about you? Uh, his hair is hilarious. I thought it was, <laughs> That's that right. Perfect, perfect Shatner. Uh, Exaggeration called, and it wants you to reread the definition of exaggeration. Mm -hmm. uh, penis rock. Just love that pointed out. Uh, I also love the specificity of the odds of this dead body hitting the window of Cirrus's ship. 32 million to one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, definitely a Jeremy Sin. This movie definitely saw sneakers, which was... Which yes. Was that was when they were in the uh, the... Um, they're going down like vents. Vents, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun stuff. Well, there you go. We did it. We got through eight different videos. Uh, so, and Danae, you kind of snuck in some keeping tabs and comment section. I did. I wanted to kind of throw those in. I've been waiting on those for, because we did Guardian so and, so mm -hmm. long ago. So yeah. I really wanted to make sure to talk about those. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan, did you have anything you wanted to sneak in before we go? Since we're already kind of pushing some length um, here, I I was on a few of these, but the keeping tabs. I mean, it wasn't anything that interesting. I did do some research into uh, Florida and New York uh, law ah. because there was that bit where they're like, you know, uh, he 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 doesn't have a license to practice law in New York, and they say the the woman there says some rigmarole about we're going to let you go moan coitus per senda or what I don't know what she <laughs> says. Uh, and we're gonna, you know, we're trying to get the bar to, to, uh, move it up quicker. But I actually just doing research, I found out that, uh, Florida really doesn't let you, he, he originally had his lawyer's license in Florida, uh, and Florida really doesn't let you transfer anything. So, uh, that's the, that's the nicest way to put it. I don't know why, but it's just, it's hard to get stuff moved from Florida to somewhere else. So he would have had to retake the bar is what I, uh, figured out. And so that was why I wrote that set. But unfortunately, that's for one that only patrons saw. So that's why yeah. that was really the only thing I had. And I, I also researched um, uh, New York uh, real estate because some of the stuff about the apartment and stuff. But it, it was all pretty accurate. But uh, just New York real estate is really ridiculous and it's really expensive. And I, I really don't know how they fit what they fit into that city. It's Oh man, I wish I knew about more about architecture because that city is crazy. Yeah, uh, the way the way it's structured—it's scary. 
because it's so it's not i mean it, it's not a, it's not small small but i mean it's not huge right and and there's just so many people there yeah and yeah it's nuts yep but at least it doesn't change shape every night uh that's true it is not dark city <laughs> it is not dark city Kiefer Sutherland's like running around New York, like injecting people. Uh, we managed to sneak a couple uh, bonus things in there, even though we didn't do the the full segments. But that is going to do it for Behind the Sins this week. Don't forget to make sure you are subscribed. Go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well. And if you've got anything you want to send us, you can mail it to P.O. Box 881, Republic, Missouri, 65738. Uh, you can also hang out with us on Twitter. I'm at Aaron Dicer. She is at Danae Says. D-E-N-E-E-S-A-Y-S. And he is at Sam Loomis 13. So for Jonathan Watkins, Danae Hughes, a sex offender Eminem, and myself, we will see you next week. Happy April Fool's Day! (laughs) (laughs) Or is it? Or is it? Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to bts at cinemasins.com. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting cinemasins.com slash BTS. AVP. Alien versus Predator. Okay. Do that thing, chicken, chicken, wing. Woo! <laughs> that would have been so messy. I almost just spilled water everywhere. Hey, dog, get off me. I care for you. Go away. Okay, so second of all. <laughs> Danae's going to do the show with food in her mouth today. Danae went off on this show. It would have been like, well, she she sent me a thing saying this is going to be a beefy script. I did. 90 cents and one outtake, just so we know. <laughs> <laughs> I finally get to talk about leg- Legends of the Guardians of the Kahuli people. Yeah. Gahoo. Gahoo. All right. Well, let's do this show. No outtakes uh, this week. Sorry, guys. We just didn't have time to record the stupidity that we usually record. Major apologies. I'm sure Danae made some funny noises when she started recording. That'll be there for you. But apologies on the lack of outtakes because we ain't got time for that. Right? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be beefy. And like if, if what we did was beefy, I guess this would be chimichanga-y. It's a lot. It's a it's a massive. Is chimichanga more than beefy? It's a big beefy, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it chimichanga pretty beefy? But okay, if you, fine. Put, it's if a you put beef in it, chimichanga is just fried. I mean, it's you pretty can much put, just the same size as you a can burrito, also but put fried chicken in it. Okay, okay. So so it's cow. It's a cow. <laughs> it's the full cow. <laughs> it's okay. <a> full cow. <laughs> <laughs> if that was beefy, we're now dealing with a r- full ranch of bovine. Yeah, uh, exactly. Got it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 